0: Welcome to the Demand Gen Made Simple podcast. I'm your host, Janelle Amos, and in this podcast, we talk about all things, you guessed it, demand generation in a simplified way. We cover the basics of what demand generation is all the way through to how to get started and how to be successful when launching your demand generation framework. Thank you so much for joining me today. Let's dive in.
1: Welcome to Pipeline Meeting, where marketers come to talk about sales. Whether you're the head of marketing or a founder who's supporting your first sales hire, we'll talk about qualifying your inbound leads and finding new ones with cold outreach. Learn more at introcrm.com podcast. This week, we welcome Janelle Amos, who's the founder of Elevate Growth. We talk about demand gen strategy, the overlap between marketing and sales, particularly for B2B SaaS startups that are starting to get some traction. Let's start with her.
0: My background is all B2B SaaS startups. Predominantly, any startup that's about seed level to about series C is about where I work best in and I have the bandwidth for to support. From there, it normally is either one to three different scenarios. The first one is that they hired a head of marketing and they need to have somebody come in to help them actually get the job done. And either it's they don't have a demand gen background or they have a clear understanding on where they want to do demand gen with, and they don't have the hands or the bandwidth to actually do it. I come in and I help make sure to keep that strategy alive. The second component is you're just working with the founder. They don't know how to get started and they just need marketing entirely and a demand gen motion. That's when I would work and sell with the founder and actually get them with their marketing traction going. The third scenario, which is not as popular as the first two that I mentioned, but it's uh, working with a head of sales. And the reason for that is a startup hired and built out their sales team first. Now that they're starting to realize that marketing is a critical component of that, the head of sales is that normally that person that steps in to lead the marketing team as well. Well, that's not the ideal scenario because I believe that marketing should be first prior to sales, that is a scenario that I see often with startups now as we still need to modernize and revolutionize the way that startups prioritize or go to market motion.
1: Tell me more about that marketer being... What would come first for clients who maybe are earlier stage, but they want to be like your clients who are more successful, the ones who have that marketer come in and set that good foundation, what does it look like when a company is really ready for you to do your thing?
0: Yeah, that's so broad, because define ready for demand gen, right? I mean, it could just have the idea of wanting to take it somewhere. It could actually have a budget of wanting to take it somewhere. It could have different stages of the product development. But I think what first comes into priority needs to be, do you actually have a product that is marketable? Let's start there first do you actually have anything tangible? And then let's look at the market. Like, do you actually have a market for your product? Is the fit there? Is the audience there? Once those stages are accomplished, I think marketing is the next best option because then we can start understanding how we can take that product to market. Whereas traditionally, if we start with a sales motion, that starts from an outbound perspective and having them work outbounds and cold callings and the cold emails the reason why i support marketing first is because marketing can do that at scale it's a little bit larger of um, icp attack versus an individual kind of spraying and praying from an, an email perspective with sales and a lot of the pushback that i get from here is that marketing is either seen as a cost center or they're not directly you know they can't drive the leads and the immediate revenue for the business whereas if sales does outbound they can And my, I guess, counter to that is either way, you still have a sales cycle. Even if you hire a salesperson first and they take their time to do the outbound motion, you still have the momentum that they need to gear up, to ramp up, to outbound, to get the calls, to actually get the demos, to get that in a closed one sales cycle.
1: You mentioned you do B2B SaaS. I'd imagine that that also means longer sales cycle. So from from a marketing demand gen perspective, you're also talking about Building pipeline two, right? Like three to six months out versus I feel like conventionally a lot of salespeople are like, Do you want to meet tomorrow? Oh, no. All right. Never mind. And I'll never talk to the prospect again. But it sounds like the potential of building not only short term, but also medium term pipeline is compelling about why those clients are really good fit for you. Do you agree with that?
0: Yeah, 1000%. I think sales cycles could, it could vary as well, right? You could have some SaaS that are 90 days, you could have some SaaS that's two years, depending on how big the buying committee is, what that market fit is, the adjustment that's behind it, if it's an entirely new category, if you're entering something that already has the market buy-in. So that's why it kind of varies a little bit more. But 1000%, that's why I support that marketing is able to do it at a faster ramp up than sales would be able to.
1: What challenging thing for sales, too, is getting that right messaging. If you're coming in totally cold and you're trying to disrupt someone, you know, do that pattern interrupt, you really do have to know that ICP. It just may be the fact that that messaging, that positioning hasn't been ironed out yet. And so even if you're doing all the right sales practices, you can't get through, but you can use marketing to maybe iterate because, you know, these platforms are built for Google and LinkedIn are built for that type of iterative testing, right?
0: Yeah. And I think the same goes for marketing too. I mean, I think marketing starts with one set of messaging and figures out if it works or doesn't work and they pivot from there too. I think the messaging game will always be a messaging game as the market continues to evolve five, 10 years from now. But what is the beauty of marketing when we're able to actually talk about from a messaging perspective and you hit the nail on the head with this one is that When we start with marketing first, and then marketing is able to get that market buy-in after testing all that messaging, when somebody comes inbound, they're ready to have those conversations. The salesperson doesn't have to worry about either convincing or testing messaging or seeing if it resonates. All they have to do is sell, like do what they're hired to do is sell, right? So that's why it helps. And I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of like VP of sales that I've worked with while I was in-house, where we've talked about why hiring demand gen is the success of a sales team productivity. Sales will not survive without demand gen in an early stage startup. I actually have a podcast about that as well, where I interviewed a BDR manager as well. And I was like, listen, tell me why. Talk to me why. We're just outlining a lot of key components that we're starting to see as we talk about this modernizing marketing and go-to-market motion on how we can actually start seeing the success of doing these things in a different order.
1: Tell me about go-to-market motions. The episode that caught my eye was about market disruptive startups and you're talking about early stage startups and how Demand Gen is what can feed that sales team. How is going to market as a market disruptive startup, if you're creating a category or maybe reimagining an existing category, how is that different than traditional corporate marketing efforts?
0: Yeah, the easiest way that I can explain that is because nobody has heard of you, knows what you do, you've got to be absolutely everywhere with everything, everyone, and anything possible. You've got to find a way to either pay for sponsorships, host sponsorships, do sponsorships, and really have a lot of no matter where your ICP is putting their attention on, you're there. And that can be really challenging from a budget perspective of trying to understand how we can be in all these places at once. The way that I, again, counter that is to better recommend how that audience spends their time And then from there, prioritizing those channels and doing one mass content hub and using that to then chop up and mass distribute if possible.
1: Okay, give me an example of that.
0: Yeah. So I think my recommendation for B2B SaaS clients would be either for like a podcast or some sort of live event or roadshow event or micro event or like a fireside chat event, something that's a little bit of a longer form content that you could use either for internal subject matter experts or to bring on guests. I think that would be the key. A lot of companies think that a blog is their long form content. And I think it needs to dive a little bit deeper and more strategic than a blog. What I do for my business is I have my podcast that I use as my long form piece of content. And then I use that to chop up individual portions. And I distribute that on LinkedIn. And then I also distribute that on TikTok. If we translate that to how B2B SaaS models could use for the marketing, they could do a podcast or they can do fireside chats. They could use that from a long form content, interview a subject matter expert, and then drop that on the respective medium, like the podcast medium. And then use that and chop it up. Now sales can use it in their outreach. Marketing can use it in LinkedIn ads. Marketing can use it in video ads. Marketing can use it in their own email nurturing. They can use it TikTok. They can use it for Instagram. They can use it for Instagram Reels. They can use it for YouTube Shorts. And all of a sudden, like one piece of content can now just be mass distributed if you have a video editor, like that's really all that it takes and just finding a way to use that for the native platforms. But you've done all the work already. You have the content. You just have to figure out how to slice and dice that to put that at scale for your audience to start understanding who you are and what you do.
1: What does your tech stack look like when it comes to enabling sales team? Is there a specific software you'd like to use on CRM side or in terms of social publishing? to get visibility into those metrics and to track the customer or like buyer journey?
0: That's a really loaded question. I think in general, any company should have a marketing automation platform and some sort of sales CRM. Sometimes that's both if they buy like a HubSpot. Sales and marketing platform. Sometimes that's different if they do a Marketo and Salesforce. So, at a minimum, we need to be starting there from a tech stack perspective. And then, traditionally, from an, an enablement standpoint, sales also likes to have like a sales loft or an outreach type of cadence sequencing tech stack. From there, in terms of enabling them to leverage this piece of content, I have never met one salesperson that didn't want content from marketing. They've always had their opinions on what content is needed to help them close deals or why they need content. And so having the communication that content is now available and how to use it has been the success of getting that buy-in. I think more than just needing a specific tech stack. One of the things that I've actually done in-house, which I'm not fully sure I recommend today. I don't think it's it's bad. I think it could be a very viable strategy. We bought an employee advocacy tool and we use that to add both marketing and sales and corporate everybody in it to where marketing would publish like a blog, right? Or publish some sort of piece of content. And then everybody, all they had to do with a click of a button, and then they would mass distribute that on their own personal um, profiles, social profiles like LinkedIn or Twitter. And that's great to get the content at scale. And you, you are tapping other people's individual networks, which I think is valuable if those peers are your ICP. But I think the the downside to this component is now understanding that we're not necessarily enabling the voice of the individual people. In today's day and age for the modern buyer, it's that level of authenticity and relevancy that's going to be key to kind of cutting the market with that attention. And if we just go like a spray and pray motion, I don't think that's good enough anymore. What I would recommend is putting together those pieces of content with ways to use it. The channels that they could use it, sampled messaging around that, and just tell them if you want to use this copy and paste, go for it. But it's definitely important for you to also understand understand what your point of view is on it and to put your own spin on it. But this is just a piece of content to help you to get the word out. And I will leave it at that.
1: And how would you say to distribute that? Would you say Slack, email, doesn't matter, I guess, whatever companies are using for their internal comms?
0: yeah i think that goes back into the internal communications i've hosted it in slack i've hosted it in like their own intranet i don't find email to be that most effective i did an email and slack and that still didn't work people don't care about email when it's internally slack i don't know slack it's hard because you have so many individual conversations you have group collaborations then you have specific channels where for example, marketing would come in and be like, hey, new piece of content deployed. Hey, new piece of content deployed. And all you see is marketing. Hey, new piece of content deployed. And you never really have any like engagement or any type of use cases from that. So what I recommend is to have either your marketing leader or your sales leader or whoever's the enabler between the two teams to sit either on weekly, biweekly, no longer than monthlies, and to really talk about the stuff that is coming into pipe. A lot of people call them marketing meetings, where you bring marketing and sales together. You start talking about what's in the pipeline, how they can use it, ways to use it, and just pretty much pull their attention. But I found in general, sales needs, or anybody really <laughs> in today's attention span, needs like five to nine different like reminders of saying, hey, this is available. Hey, this is available. Hey, did you use this? It comes with kind of finagling your way through the leader and getting that buy-in and having your leader help then lead that team into the enablement standpoint instead of the marketing person trying to do that all as well.
1: So you've got the internal marketing challenge first before you can even get outside of the walls of the company. yeah. Do you do training or coaching or context for your clients when we're talking about social selling, maybe it's unfamiliar to them? Do you provide any of that or talk to them about that or have any resources or ways that you sort of equip them to begin to use their own voice? Because that is, I think, very contemporary. I think the old way of companies was, this is the corporate message and you just sort of repeat it. Don't don't add your own thing. And this is turning it on its head, but is there any work that you need to do to facilitate that? There's a
0: lot of work that needs to be done. It's not currently something that I offer as my services. I'm more of the demand gen marketer strategy perspective. And then i let anybody else who has that passion to work with the team for that enablement standpoint.
1: You do have to think about that component, right? Of how people will literally execute on it because they might mess it up, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't really know if it's messing up their own point of view. I think part of it is making sure that it's even leveraged right? I think that goes into the internal communications and the buy-ins and the distribution from that more so than it is getting them to, to write something. I think that's the intimidation part from the individual of like, why my voice? Why do I need to write something? I'm intimidated. But again, I, I'm not fully sure that that would align with why we need to be doing this channel strategy to enable an individual to feel empowered and confident to post on their own personal social profiles. So that's a harder conversation.
1: <laughs> totally. Would that translate to partners too? If I'm a company that has partner sales that needs to carry the message, to me it feels like a very parallel distribution or go to market question, right?
0: Yeah, totally. I think partnerships is also a channel of revenue that is oftentimes overlooked. A lot of people just think it's marketing or sales or even customer success, but they forget that partnerships is 100% a part of that as well. And sometimes one of the mass drivers, if we're talking about a startup phase, it's a really funny ways to enable and tap your partners.
1: Where can people find Janelle online if they want to hear more about what you think?
0: See you on LinkedIn. My handle is going to be at Janelle Amos. I'm also on TikTok at Janelle Amos as well.
1: That's all for now. You can find show notes at introCRM.com slash podcast. The theme music for Pipeline Meeting is by Neighborhood Vandal, and it's shared under a Creative Commons Attribution, or CC BY, license. If you learn something, consider sharing this show with a friend. Thanks.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to the Demand Gen Made Simple podcast. If you found this episode valuable, please do not forget to subscribe. Thanks, and see you next time.